Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners. I should probably start this episode with a content warning. If you're especially affected by stories of sexual harassment, stalking, and, well, creeps, this episode may not be for you. I'll spare the lengthy introduction for this episode, as it's going to be pretty obvious what's coming as we get started, but basically, I put a call out to you, the listeners, asking for your stories about encounters with real-life creeps. Based on the responses I've received, they are everywhere, and it doesn't take much to capture their unwanted attention. But seeing as you share this world with me, you probably already know that. But if not, buckle up, because I'm about to prove it to you. In this episode, I'll share some cautionary tales submitted by nighttime listeners who had the unfortunate experience of encountering real-life creeps. And to help me out along the way and provide some opinion from the opposite end of the gender spectrum, I've invited my good friend Christy Lee from the Canadian True Crime Podcast to suffer through these stories with us. So let's get to it. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, we're going to hear about encounters with creeps. Uh, Christy Lee, I'm assuming you've had lots of creep experiences, but before I ask you about (laughs) yours, uh, let's just do a quick introduction. Um, You are Christy Lee, the host of the Canadian True Crime Podcast. Elaborate on that a bit. Oh, geez, you really caught me off guard with this. So I have a podcast... And I talk about Canadian true crime and I have a strange accent because I originally come from Australia, but I've living here for 10, I've been living here for 12 years. I've lost count now. I promise I'm a real Canadian, even though, you know, I do have that strange accent, but yeah, the... <laughs> I hate that you have to explain that every time. And I see you like I I, so often that comes up. It's a, such a pain in the butt. I got another bad review the other day. Sorry, I can't. I can't with the accent. Someone in America, and I'm just like, it doesn't upset me anymore. But it's like, what kind of person like that listens to the way someone talks and immediately leaves their creation a one star review? Can't do it. <laughs> I don't know. When do yeah. you stop explaining it? Not after twelve years. Well, after no. you've been doing podcasting for you've been like five or six years now, probably. Yeah, I think it'll be five years in January. Wow. Yeah, uh, well, it is January, so yeah. Let me ask you this: um, as a segue into your stories of creepdom that I'm sure you've had, do you often get like like hit on or like kind of weird sort of messages from people who listen to your podcast? Actually, no. I really? um no. I got uh, one weird message the first year and it was somebody in Etobicoke, like a suburb of Toronto, and they didn't message me. They messaged another one of my other friends, uh, (laughs) Lainey from True Crime Fan Club, who's in the US, and they said, hey, can you pass on a message to Christy? If she's single, I would like to meet her. I'm like, why didn't you just message me yourself? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, we had a good old chuckle about it, Lainey and I and the other girls. And uh, but yeah, nothing since. So, no. I, and I'm very happy about that. You know, I've told people that I'm married, and I just just don't have any time. Like being on Facebook, which I aren't that much anymore. But 
you have your usual Facebook creeps, but they target everyone, like yeah. podcaster or not. <laughs> or not, yeah. I, well, I've heard from people. I'll tell you kind of what I did, but it seems like even if you're a woman selling like a dress on Facebook Marketplace, it's like that's enough to get lunatics and creeps coming out of the woodwork. And it seems like it. What, what I ended up doing was I did a story call out. I made like a post on my Facebook being like, and on Twitter and Instagram saying, if you've had an encounter with a creep, be it, you know, a, a date gone wrong, a weird customer at your place of business, a cat caller who went way over the line, you know, let me know. And I'd like to hear about it. And pretty much everyone I heard from would start it with like something like me, like every other woman have had a million, you know, and here's my standout one. But it seems like I think as a guy, I think it's a, it's a lot more common than I would have expected. Like I know, I know there's creeps and weirdos and people who will way overstep comfort boundaries with, with other people, but I didn't think it was as, uh, as, as frequent. And I didn't think it was something that would have happened to every single person a million times. Like, have you in your life, oh, even outside of podcasting, like, have you had a lot of encounters with real bad creeps? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> there's that one that I told you about, maybe I'll tell you later. I don't know. We, <laughs> I, it's a real downer, but, um, like the stories that I could tell about me too, <laughs> yeah. but it, you know, there's a difference between small T trauma and capital T trauma. And I don't mm -hmm. consider it to be capital T trauma. Mm -hmm. So you put it well, there's, there's stories of creeps with a capital T with trauma, with a capital T and trauma with a lower case t these are all lowercase t but they're very close to the line and yeah and they really give a, a glimpse of kind of the world that's out there and, and i'm going to start right off the bat with with one short clip that i'm going to play you and and it's the clip that really started my idea for this episode i saw going around facebook was uh, uh in nova scotia um not far from where i live a young woman um had an uncomfortable encounter with a creep at a value village. I don't know if you have value village in. Oh yeah. I, lo okay. I love value. Village. I do too. I go. Constantly. <laughs> I just browse the aisles. <laughs> yeah, I do the same. And I, I go and look at the books. I can look at the books forever. Um, but my kids are like, don't buy any more books. You never read them. And I'm like, I, try, I have to explain collecting to them constantly. Um, it's like the toys I buy you that you don't play with. Let oh me buy yeah, two dollar book. Exactly. It's okay <laughs> uh, for them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this um, this young woman, she uh, was browsing clothing at Value Village, um, not far from Halifax, when a man approached her, and I think he was kind of like she must have expected it was coming. He was probably following her or something because she actually shot a video of this guy approaching her, and he doesn't realize she's shooting it. She has her phone kind of in her hand in a way to conceal it. But the audio really tells a picture of oh what she God. went through. So listen to this. Oops. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, my name's Lori. All right. I just think you're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever met. Oh, thank you. Uh, can I buy one of those things for you? Oh, no, it's okay. I'll be fine. You sure? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you engaged with someone or involved with someone no i'm not but uh, i'm not either i'm only 17 so okay well that's good age to be yeah it is I'm not quite that <laughs> right. uh, uh i got injured uh, about a month or so ago my knee is kind of i'll show you it's kind of banged up um i get bitten by a chick actually maybe you can guess which one is is uh is, is bad oh i have no better. idea 
You don't, you, you can't no, tell. I can't tell. Uh, it's the right one. Anyway, uh, I live out in the country, and I, I got a bunch of stuff that I was kind of uh, trying to keep up on for work, but it's kind of falling behind. I'm looking for someone to help me. Okay. Uh, it's a paying thing, but it basically involves getting my stuff out of the garden and processing some things like tomatoes and that kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, I'm getting a phone call. I actually have to go. Okay. Wow. Uh, and she's only, like she says in the clip, I'm 17. Uh, I saw her photo from the, like, because that video that she put it up online, it was getting circulated all over. I saw her photo and she looks younger than 17. And the man look easily looks 40 or 50. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I, when it first started, I, my first thought was, ah, this is nothing like, I, like every woman, woman has experienced this, some random guy, like, uh, I, yeah, that reminds me of another creep story, just, <laughs> but, um, I'll tell you that one in a second too. Uh, but when when she says she's 17, I'm like, okay, that is beyond. Yeah, it's a good age to be. Yeah, maybe yeah. for you, buddy. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that did even slow him down. It's almost like he tried to think like, well, how do I get deal with that? It's a good age to be. Um, I'm not quite there yet. It's like, he was This guy was 17 in the 80s. Um, and, and you can't really hear, like you probably couldn't hear the clip well. She's There's this weird sound at the beginning. She's just kind of sliding the dresses or whatever it was like scratch scratch and he's just you see him in the video he kind of looks down the aisle and sees her and then walks down like he was trying to find her and the, the video tells a different story and then event then as you hear she just ends it with well he tries to hire her to do gardening in the country which is just horrifying that i like it sounds like Dahmer or something uh not Dahmer. um ted Bund that's like something ted bundy would do like you know i'm injured i need you know help um then uh then she's randomly like oh my phone's ringing and the the video ends apparently i i read her facebook post she provided a few updates and it sounds like she reported it to the police they found out who this guy was and he's now banned from this particular the value mini mall village. that that owns the value or that has the value village in it i don't think he's allowed at that mall or the value village anymore but oh well that's it that'll put an end to his behavior yeah. for sure yeah but what do you do with someone like that because it's like yeah. it, he's not he's not doing anything illegal but we all know what's going on yeah and if he if he drops like a, a a big number of lines someone is eventually going to pick it up you know or is he are they really if it's in person i guess it's a bit different to if they do it online yeah he's real bold yeah oh he's certainly bold can i buy one of those um how creepy and, and like the, the whole thing when randomly he's like i got an injury here on my knee can you guess which one it is he says, I got bit by a tick. Like, just what a bizarre thing. Like, it's so strange. But what I see is if someone does, is that comfortable approaching someone in a store that's 17 and says they're 17? Yeah. Like, what about when they get to, when they do something like that to someone who has like an intellectual disability or someone who's yeah. struggling in some way and is vulnerable? Like, that's kind of where it gets really scary. This, this young woman had her wits about her enough to, you know, get out of there. And, you know, so it ends up being a cautionary tale, but it's like a lot of like trauma with a capital T can very well start with, you know, a story like that, that isn't handled appropriately, I guess. 100%. And like, you know, all he has to do is keep trying it. And eventually, like you said, someone who is in a vulnerable position is going to 
be flattered or something going to take the bait and who knows what will happen that yeah that that's really scary yeah i got um i'm gonna jump right into the next one okay this one is a it, I, I specifically in my call out said um you know maybe you tried to sell something online or maybe it was a customer at your work that bothered you or was creepy this uh listener her name's maya she wrote to me um about uh two different situations involving her work i broke them up as two separate stories so we'll talk about them separately but here's here's the first so maya i i got your email and you were generous enough to give me some of your time i your story it seems to to be one of the type that involves um an inappropriate experience at work am i getting that right yeah, exactly. So I was 17. I was about to turn 18 and I was working. Um, it was like I had just finished my first year of university and gone back to my hometown, which is Hope, BC, basically like small town, 5,000 people. Um, How long ago was this? So I'm 24 now. And this was so this would have been summer 2015. And basically, I got a job working at um, as a server at like a Chinese buffet restaurant. And there were a lot of regulars there. So people who would come in like sometimes two or three times a week to eat at the buffet. So there's a lot of people who I got to know quite well. <laughs> um, like a Chinese buffet has the reputation of being almost like the restaurant equivalent of like a bingo hall or something <laughs> as far as class. Like, was, was this that kind of Chinese buffet? Yes, ex that's exactly the kind of Chinese buffet for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, small town Chinese buffet. It's definitely a vibe um <laughs> a vibe. so um this one guy in particular um i don't know if i should use his name or not but let, let, let's not I, he probably doesn't listen to my podcast i don't think i'm i'm I don't think it's popular among the chinese buffet uh, enthusiasts in rural bc i don't expect <laughs> so tell me about this guy but yeah so he would come in twice a week always on my shifts and um Basically, just every time I had to go to his table for something, he would want to stop and chat for five minutes and mostly just like didn't really mind it. But it was definitely there were some signs that he was like too enthused about this um, relationship. Like I took a couple of days off one time and one of them was one of the days that he regularly would come in. And the other person who worked there, who was my manager, was like, he he was like asking about you like he he said that he came in just to see you and he was wondering where you were and he wanted me to tell you and i was like oh my god thank god that rachel gets it <laughs> she isn't yeah um just to get a sense so you were 17 at the time how old is like are we talking like a 60 year old man i would guess he was between like 60 and 70 probably oh. um and one at one point uh he had mentioned, so there's this attraction called Hell's Gate, like about an hour or so out of town. That's sort of like a touristy historic site kind of place. And he had mentioned going there and I'd said, oh, I haven't been there in years. That's, that's really nice place to go, whatever. And basically like a week later he came in and he had, I don't, no, like he had bought it for me, I guess, a season's pass to that historic site and had, was like, hey, like I got this for you. Um, I don't mind if you go with someone else, but like I'd really love to take you there sometime, maybe before work one day we can go. And I was like, yeah, no. 
But of course, like, how do you deal with things like that when it's someone who comes into the restaurant where you work all the time and you know that you're probably going to see him again? And so eventually it got to be the point where um, I had, like, I was about to go back to um, to Victoria for university. And mm-hmm. I had mentioned that to him because I think he was asking me, you know, like, can I take, I think that was really just what it was as he was asking me, could it, he take me to this place sometime? And I said, well, probably not. Cause I'm going to be moving back to Victoria soon. And he was like, you know, I'd love to take you there. I'd pay for the ferry. Like I'd love oh. to move you back into your dorms. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think um, probably my parents are going to be driving me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he was like, well, like give it some thought. And so he wanted to know, um, when I was moving and cause he would come in multiple times a week. And so he was really pressing on like, I, you know, I just, I'd really love to take you back to university. And I was like, I, I don't even think I like lied to him about when I wasn't going to be working any there anymore. Cause I just figured, you know, it's not my problem. Um, once I'm yeah. <laughs> away from this business and, uh, like two days after I moved back, I was, I remember I was hanging out with my friends in one of my friend's apartments and I get a call and I was like, it's like my manager from the restaurant that I just stopped working at is calling me Rachel. And like, can I like, I guess I'll just take this. And I was so confused as to why she was calling me. And she was like, Hey Maya, um, this guy is at the restaurant right now. He's sitting outside on the curb bawling. And I was like, what? And she was like, he has a ring. He has flowers. He is pissed drunk. And this was like 4.30 PM or something. And you had already moved to Victoria at this point? I had already moved to Victoria. Yeah. And, um, and he had come in with all of this, like, (laughs) accoutrement and was planning to propose to me. And I guess he'd gotten really, really drunk to work up the nerve to do it. And my, um, my manager was just like, I don't know what to do. I I told him he moved already and he started crying. (laughs) (laughs) That went and sat on the steps outside. Wow. So (laughs) that... That was sort of the last I ever heard from him. That is a bizarre situation. Did you ever go back to that employer? Like, did you, when you're back home, do you work, ever work there afterwards? Like, I, I would think it would even be uncomfortable to even go back in the restaurant. No, I, I'm now I'm just trying to think. Um, I don't actually know if I have been uh, back in the restaurant because I, I never moved back home for the summer again. Um, and I was diagnosed with celiac disease. So, <laughs> just a good excuse oh. not to go back, I guess. Um, and so you've never heard from, seen this guy? Would you, like, I guess you probably don't want to run into him. I definitely wouldn't want to run into him. I would definitely recognize him. It, it reminds, like, as you were describing kind of the relationship you had, it reminds me a lot of when you go in Tim, uh, well, I, I'll use Tim Hortons, but a lot of the coffee shops, you'll see like an older guy who feels like, um, like it's okay to kind of like be flirty and weird with the staff. You see it all the time. This sounds like a, a story where that has just spun way out of control and just like turned into obsession. But luckily you dodged any, who knows what would have happened. It would have at least been a really awkward situation yeah. that you just missed by days. Yeah, I was so, so glad that I was there for it. That's wow. something, right? Uh, wow yeah that's uh, and again it's a 17 year old yeah with an old I man mean, there's a trend 
you're right though you're like that was that sounded like something that went way beyond what the the usual was but yeah when before she got up to the proposal and all that I was like nodding along because you know when I was a teenager and in my early 20s I worked service jobs you know I worked at a, a couple of grocery stores and a McDonald's for three years and the amount of customers that would hit on you and that would like find out when you were working and would come in and wait for you. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's all just kind of, and every time, like every, both clips that you've played, it's reminded me of yet another creep experience. Like it's crazy. Like another creep from before about, um, the previous clip that reminded me of it, I was at the corner of, um, King and Young in Toronto, like leaving work after a long day, going walking to the go station, and I'm crossing the road, and then all of a sudden this guy comes up next to me, and he goes, he goes, hi, you look like a really attractive girl, and I'm trying a new thing now where I just tell you and 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 ask like, is there any chance that that you might be single and that you know, we might go on a date. I don't want to be creepy or anything. I just want to buy you a nice drink. You know, it's, it's like, it's so hard to meet people these days. And, and I'm just like, I'm trying to walk over the freaking road. Like it's, it was so awkward, like crossing the road with this guy. And we got to the other side and in my mind, I'm like, is this guy creepy or just like a hopeless romantic or what? And then, you know, cause they gaslight you and they put on this really like friendly and, um jovial kind of persona so that it's like the opposite of creepy but it's like what they're doing to you like accosting you literally in the middle of the street Mm. is like not okay yeah and the whole thing like what i said to her about uh that like the tim hortons kind of flirty guy um you see that so often i've always found it uncomfortable i think it's it's i've often thought maybe it's just like lonely people but to me what it comes across as is people trying to turn things into like a really like soft core strip club or something where it's like, <laughs> and they, they take advantage of, of people in a position that have to be nice to them too. So actually just the other day I was in the gas station yesterday, I went to this gas station, seeing if they had fireworks for sale. Cause last night was new year's Eve. Um, and as I walked in, there was this guy, uh, in lineup in front of me and there was two clerks, both were female. And when it got his turn to order or to like pay for his gas, he wasn't, he was just waiting in line to, he must be a regular. He's like, Wendy, Diane, just wanted to wish you both happy new year. What do you got going on tonight? A big party, you know, this sort of thing. And I'm just thinking like, is this, unless he's related to them in some way, like this is way inappropriate. And you could kind of see both of them, you know, were reacting like, oh God, I got to do this for five minutes. You know, but yeah. anyway, this this situation, I think this girl, Maya, she's just lucky she wasn't there when as a 17 year old, if a drunk man comes in with flowers yeah. in a ring like that would be traumatizing. Um, yeah, as an adult, I would have no idea what to do other than, I guess, like take out my phone and start filming it. I would immediately go live on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> just so I feel like I back up um, and with her as as we're talking and we finished that we were like in the process of saying goodbye. I was thanking her for her, her time. And then she's like, you know what? I just thought of this other story. Uh, and it's from like that same summer of her working that job. It's only short, but this one is a little a little oh. di- a little raunchier. 
So actually, just as we were talking, um, this reminded me of a different creep situation that actually happened uh, the same summer. So basically, I was working as like a housekeeper at a hotel, and then I would go to work at this Chinese restaurant as soon as I finished work, basically. Um, but so this also, I guess, was when I was 17. Um, there was this guy who was yeah. staying at the hotel, and I think he was like in town for some sort of logging project or something. I know he was kind of like the boss because he made it very clear to me that he was the boss. Oh, <laughs> um, as I already know exactly the kind of guy you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, this one's a little bit grosser, actually. So oh. he would kind of like, so he would get home from work when we were still cleaning rooms. So like, you know, one, two, 3 p.m., something like that. And he would always sort of like, seek me out wherever I was to like chit chat and be a bit flirty because it was a really small hotel. So it was, it would not have been hard to figure out where I was at any given time. Yeah. Um, but basically as soon as he started flirting with me, um, he started <laughs> very obviously, um, how do I put this? jerking off into a handcloth and leaving it in a really obvious spot <laughs> into a what like a washcloth oh yeah because <laughs> like we know people do that at home like as a housekeeper it's not that uncommon to find something like that but like every day like on your nightstand <laughs> okay so you kind of got it, like the context of it it, it kind of like it, if it was a message it came through pretty clear i guess yeah Oh my I've, gosh. I'm so sorry you had to deal. That's so disturbing. <laughs> it's okay. Just sweep it quickly into the laundry bag and try to forget about it. Oh, um, uh, wow. Uh, well, I appreciate it. As, as uncomfortable as it is, I appreciate you sharing those stories. That That's a bit more disturbing. Wow. Well, well, I guess I should, I should probably lead in with that other story that I told you that I probably, that I was like, oh, is this that kind of creep story? But yeah, me, uh, just to be really quick about it, me and my sister, my little sister, we were at a bus stop after school. There was like early dismissal or something one day and we're at a bus stop and, um, I was about 16. She would have been about 13. And all of a sudden at the end of the seat, there was an old man that we didn't really notice, but he had what we call in Australia, like stubby shorts, which are like really short shorts, kind of the short shorts that a workman wears, like a tradesman. And, uh, you know, Wait, why yeah, because tra- in Australia, it's super duper hot, right? Okay. Because I'm thinking of like, you know, the like YMCA, that song. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't one of them like have really short shorts and like a work? Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. That's there an you go. Thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, he pulled I'm just sitting there. Next thing I see this weird like shaking of a hand. I look out, he's like stuck his thing out, one of the legs of these short shorts, and he's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> stroking the monkey or whatever you say. And I it's funny because we talk, we we're laughing while we talk about it, but this is freaking disgusting. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, man, a- to be doing this next to two young, t- like we it's not like we were 17 and 19, you know, we're 13 and 16. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and, that's straight up illegal, though. Like that would yeah, be oh, yeah. like assault, sexual, or I, I don't know if it'd be sexual assault, but it would be criminal. 
I, yeah, I don't know what it was, but you know, we never told, I don't think we told our parents, we didn't report it. I don't know why it's, it was just like one of those, Oh, I can't believe that happened. Like nervous giggle type things. And when you look back on it, you're like, man, that was like really something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that reminds me of a, well, sort of reminds me of an, one of the other stories that were sent to me. This was a voice memo. I got some people, I didn't do interviews. They just sent me a recording. Okay. Listen to this. Hi, Jordan. My name is Liz. My story goes back to when I was 18 and I was working but staying at a friend's house. She called me at work to ask what time I was off and when, what time my bus was actually. And when I got off the bus, her and my other best friend were waiting for me at the bus stop. They proceeded to tell me that there was one of her customers that her coffee shop she worked at. He was stalking her. He was actually a deaf gentleman. And when we crossed the street, there was the woods. I looked and he was actually in the woods, buck naked, watching us. So me being the firecracker, I am decided to chase him into the woods yelling. Not that he could hear me because he was deaf. So that was a dumb move. And what am I going to do when I catch a naked, creepy man? Anyway, the cops were called. He was apprehended. He had been um, uh, following us for a while, apparently, the three of us, because we were pretty much inseparable. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah. I, I, I would say if you see like a naked man in the woods, whether or not he's been following you, I just would not suggest chasing them. Yeah, that, I mean, excuse the French, but that took some balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm going to go right into another voice memo. This is uh, another one that was sent to me. That's a short uh, story of a, of a creep through, through a work setting. So I used to work for a major bank. Um, I did customer service, basic banking stuff. So I had one dedicated supervisor and for my little team and he was very helpful and loved to answer questions and um, had chats very friendly talked about our kids that kind of thing told me about his wife and you know raising babies and working and just very into talking about the whole thing he eventually added me on Facebook we started talking next thing I know I he was sending pictures of his junk and giving me very detailed messages about what he wanted to do and how he was just going to drive up and whether I liked it or not he was going to put me in my place um, sent me videos of him stripping I reported it to the bank I was let go he's still working there good times oh yeah 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 um how common is that kind of story though well with me not common because i have never had anybody send me a dick pic do so, not uh, do not send that into no, the I know. ether i know I, t I said that once before and another friend a friend of mine said i'm going to rectify that and she sent me a picture of richard nixon <laughs> that was that was it but <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't ever want to be the recipient of one of those pictures. But yeah, that's. I mean, 
in the workplace like mm. yeah that it's common it's common yeah and then and and that's nowadays imagine i often think about what um people must have dealt with in the workplace in like the 50s and 60s oh. when when things were so different like like now whether or not it's as it should be but companies at least there's like legal ramifications and stuff of not you know paying attention to people who are being victimized and stuff back in the day it wasn't that way and it was it, the, the culture was just different and i can't imagine the stories people would have had back then women working in offices surrounded by like the boys club of assholes who are drinking in their office and you know these sorts of things I mean, I can definitely imagine. I like I started working in an office in the year 2000. Mm. And I don't know what office culture here in Canada was like back then, but in Australia, it was like when we had a Christmas party or a Melbourne Cup party, which is the big horse race that happens every year. It's awful. I hate it. Whenever they have a party, the company like would put on unlimited alcohol for everyone. And then we would all just get blind, rotten drunk. People would be vomiting in the gardens. Like the managers would all be hitting on everybody, pinching butts. Oh. Like it, it was like, and then on Monday, everyone would just go to work and act like nothing happened, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I don't want to get into it with my job, but there was a situation. So far, we've been talking a lot about um, men who are harassing women and being overly forward with women. Um, I think everybody like who works a job that has like Christmas parties, there'll always be a story of someone who took it way too far at a Christmas yeah. party, especially if alcohol is involved. Uh, my one story of that involved uh, a woman who drank too much and um this is such a bizarre story what they were doing is they would take their shirt and lift it up and put it over people's heads to kind of like trap them in her shirt oh my god and and she would like kind of and she was hammered and she was like surprising people doing that and it seemed like the people she was choosing to do it with would be the people like you know if you if you knew all the people at this party or this event they would be like at the bottom of the list of people with a sense of humor or people who could take it yeah. or something and and then a lot of them also were like a bit you know higher up to the point that you wouldn't even curse around them let alone you know put your shirt over their heads but needless to say um she never stepped foot in the office again i think the next morning she's probably like oh shit, um i'm not going back there um this was oh, years man. ago at a prior employer who I'll, I'll save them from naming them. But anyway, that's uh that's my only story like that. But Nuts. I got to, we're, we're going to go out with these, the, the two that I have left are both a bit longer, but they're very similar and close to very dark. Um, I'll start by, one is set in Saskatchewan, I believe, and one is Nova Scotia. I'll start with the one in Nova Scotia. So don't need to get too personal, but tell me a, a bit about yourself. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm an almost 40 year old female now. So when this story happened, I was already a relatively mature female and, um, I'm a working professional in a small town that, you know, there, it's a pretty sweet little life hmm. uh, down here. Yeah. But not short of some encounters with creeps as your email told me. And, and what's, what's shocking when I got your email, mm -hmm. we, you referenced a, a case that was in the news in Nova Scotia right yes. away. I knew all the details. I remember following the story. Yeah. So let's back up before we get into 
what made it in the news. Tell me how you came to be uh, in the same room as this creep, so to speak. Um, so I um, met this um, creep over Plenty of Fish. Um, so picture it. It was 2011. It was before dating apps were happening. So mm -hmm. I said I was already a premature woman. Um, and so Plenty of Fish, you still logged into the website. I believe like the instant message chat feature was gone by that point. Okay. Um, I wasn't brand new to it, but I was new to rural Nova Scotia where I moved to and I moved to as a single person and like hey let's go out there and date um but I was still very shy about saying that I was doing online dating like it still was um somewhat prejudged so I mm -hmm. met this wonderful guy over plenty of fish do you remember like you know crossing paths with this this guy on plenty of fish do you remember what connected you I can't rem I think he messaged me first. I can't really remember. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the key things that first stood out as sort of my first kind of red flag, like we would just exchange an email here or there. I think it was only a week or two. But my laptop at the time, the Wi-Fi basically broke on it. And I would have to plug in with my Ethernet port. Oh. And I complained about that. And he's like, well, I, I know a lot about computers. I can just come over to your house and fix it. And I was like, slow down. <laughs> no, like, I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm actually... I deserve to buy a whole new laptop. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And then we kept, I think there was at least two or three times in messages between then and when we met where he kept going, well, I can come over to your house. So like mm -hmm. there was this really big, like I want into your house. And I was like, no. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. And so, so we, we agreed for a very public meeting. So it was end of November. Um, and there was like the Christmas parade in town. So I said, let's meet at the Christmas parade. I believe he physically lived about 45 minutes away from where oh. I lived at that time. So we agreed for a place in the corner, where to meet, blah, 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 all that stuff. And I get there, like, you know, typical 15 minutes early. He's not showing up. He's not showing up. We'd exchange cell phone numbers so we could text in case we couldn't find each other. And like, you know, oh, like, you know, I'm stuck behind slow traffic on the highway, this, that, and the other thing. And he basically showed up when there was like five minutes of the parade left over. Okay. Hmm. And so he's like, hey, and I remember this crystal clear. I turned and I looked at him and in his pictures on Plenty of Fish, he was okay. He was average looking. You've seen the news article. He looks very crazy in the news article. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he did not look that unwell in person, but I got like my whole body, the alarms went off for like, this is not a good situation. And I was just like, what? I'm like, I was trying to convince myself not to listen to my gut. Mm -hmm. So He's driven about 45 minutes. He was late, parades over, and we're right in front of a tavern. And so he's like, let's go in for a drink. And so we we got our glass of wine. And I think I said something like, tell me about your family. And he said, well, my father died uh, like two years ago. And I went, oh, I'm really sorry for your loss. And he went, well, don't be. You don't have to be. And the guy sat back and I went, well, you know what else am I supposed to say? And I'm like, are you going to chide people for, you know, you shared something upsetting. And then I felt like I said um, what was appropriate back. Mm -hmm. And I could not get my, my body to sell down. Like my hands were trembling. I could barely drink my glass of wine. And I just remember like, ah, oh, I chugged it. It was a glass of red wine. And I was like, <laughs> gulp, gulp, gulp. And then I was like, Hey, do you know what? I I'm just, I got to go. I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm just going to go pay for my glass of wine. He's like, no, no. He's like, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. He went, how about I walk you home? And I'm like, no, no, that's good. And so he went to get the bill and I like 
booked it. Um, very much not fit, very overweight at the time, don't run. And I ran <sighs> and I got home to my apartment and like, just, I locked the doors. I closed all the curtains and like, I dropped down onto the ground and I was just sort of panting on the ground. And I was like, Oh my Jesus Christ. And I'm like, why was that so scary? And I was really, really thrown off by that. Mm -hmm. And then he sent me a text message that went, Hey, I could have walked you home because I already know where you live. <gasps> and so I said, how, how do you know where I live? He went, well, it's a small town. You said where you worked. I asked some of your colleagues. I know this person and this person at your workplace. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was a really big invasion of my privacy, regardless of him being a creep, right? And what, what's interesting is at this point, he hasn't done anything like outwardly awful or creepy, nope. but your, your reaction is so visceral. Like your it, intuition is good, obviously. Well, and I feel like there's a lesson on the intuition from this too, right? And um, so when the guy said to him, like, I felt like I sent him a stern text back and I said, well, that feels like an invasion of my privacy. I really didn't feel like we have much chemistry. You know, I don't want to waste your time. Goodbye. Good luck. All of that. And he doesn't say anything. And then around midnight, he sends me a text, like along the lines of like, hey, how come I haven't heard from you? Have I said something weird? And I was like, okay, I don't think he's in touch with reality. And so I just ignored it. So I went silent. 8 a.m. And it started. And I remember waking up my phone. Like, I swear he had to spend all night just creating draft texts. My oh. phone was just like, bing, 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 bing from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. Like, I was having a hard time even getting a text out to anyone. And can I, you don't mind if I use like harsh language? Like Say I, it. I, yeah, I, I said it. it in the emails. And uh, one of the big ones was, you fat fucking cunt. Um, just like every other woman using a guy to pay for your dates, da da da. And it was just, calling me down to the lowest like i remember there was some some remark about like you know you wearing your glitter makeup it's like putting makeup on a pig and well and i was just like okay you aren't right there's no point in me saying anything back like i know that this is you're trying to bait me you're trying to get me to say something back so i just that was that so by 10 o'clock nothing happened i didn't this was a saturday morning i didn't leave my house i didn't open my curtains nothing for the entire weekend go to work on Monday. Everything's fine. Absolutely fine. Kind of, I didn't say anything about it. New here. I didn't want people to judge me. So I was doing some like oppressing myself internally. So that was fine. And then what was it like February-ish? I know it was winter of 2012 and the story makes the news. Okay. And so I'm down in Southwestern Nova Scotia and it was like outside of like Weymouth, like in Digby County that this SUV goes off the road. And it turns out he had kidnapped a woman and her mother, like the driver of it had kidnapped a woman and her mother. They got loose in the vehicle, stabbed him in the neck with like a pen or something. He crashed the vehicle. He got out of the vehicle, went into the woods. Police found him from the blood trail. Mm -hmm. So, wow, this was a really riveting story. They said his name wasn't registering it at all. Then I think two weeks later when he entered his plea in court, they shared his picture. And it was the creep I had gone on a date with. And I don't think I have felt my body sink so fast as that when I was sitting at my desk going, oh, my God that is the bullet i dodged wow and it's a serious one because it's not only was he like he arrested and charged he's now labeled a dangerous offender which is, which gives an indefinite sentence i'll just read a section of the article yeah. this is from cbc it says a man who admitted to abducting a woman and her daughter from the wedgeport nova scotia home in 2012 has been declared a dangerous offender as a result of the danger dangerous offender designation 
uh, Gordon Nickerson will be locked up indefinitely. Gordon Frank Nickerson, who is from Yarmouth County and in his mid-30s admitted to kidnapping and sexually assaulting a woman and her mother during a terrifying ride from Wedgeport to New Minus. The women managed to, to escape after they seized the chance to attack Nickerson. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's the I... story when she when she emailed me, I, I knew right away because this this case of the guy that she that she described, it was a big story where it was like I don't know if there was a high there was a chase involved. Like it was like he was being chased at one point and had been had them kidnapped and they were looking for these people. And the I don't know if this is true, but the rumor I heard was that one of them found like a pen like under the seat from the back seat and they got him with the pen while he was driving. So he went off the road and they managed to escape um, wow. after he put the vehicle off the road. But she ended up, we, we talked a bit more because she ended up, uh, the police contacted her or she contacted the police maybe. And she had to go like kind of testify when they were trying to label him a dangerous offender. They found all these people in his past that he had been nasty to. And uh, collectively all those stories led to the judge granting the, dangerous offender um label or however designation yeah but that's pretty wild but she says it in there is like it's a it's a good message about trusting your intuition if you're with someone and and it doesn't feel right there's a reason your body does that yeah that that really rang home for me too because you know like a a lot of the time we are we are told as kids not to trust our intuition you know Mm -hmm. to trust the authoritative figures whether it be our parents or our teachers and it's like we have to almost reparent ourselves almost all over again once we're adults to like remind ourselves that you know, our our bodies do like have a second sense and can alert us to danger if we just need to lean in and trust it. So, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of times it's the people in authority that you got to worry about because they're the yeah. ones that got the upper hand. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's the last one, and this one uh, kind of ties. It's a very similar story. Hello listeners, sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and let you know about something I just posted to the premium feed. After recording this episode, Christy and I recorded a separate conversation discussing our experiences with the year that was 2021. We talk about our mental health, COVID, time management, and of course the movies, music, TV shows, and podcasts that helped us get through it all. If you're interested in joining us, you can listen to our 2021 look back and all the other exclusives on the Nighttime Podcast Premium feed. You can subscribe at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. Again, you can support the show and get much more of it at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So, so Megan, I, I got your email and it seems like from the very beginning, your dating life was almost off to like a, a weird, creepy start because y- your email started with your first date, but then it goes on to something much later in life. So why don't you give me the story of, I guess your your first encounter with a creep turned out to be your first date. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, when I was about 14, um, 
had a group of friends deciding to go to a movie and uh, the one friend said, well, I'm going to bring this boy. And I had met him maybe once or twice and I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. And she's like, well, maybe you guys can sit together or maybe he'd like to get to know you too. And so, you know, this is kind of a exciting thing for a 14 year old. And yeah, um, yeah so we, we all went to this movie and I ended up I did end up seeing this this guy and saying, oh, yeah, we sat apart from everyone else. So it was kind of like a date, I guess, just the <laughs> two of us watching the movie and um, nothing. Re- not- I think he might have like held my hand briefly during the movie or something was about the most of the excitement there. Uh, and then I thought, oh, like he was, you know, a cute boy. He was nice. He was friendly. I can't remember if we had exchanged numbers or not we probably did at that point I'm not sure but um I don't think I ever actually got a hold of him again and then his friend said well you know what he just he he doesn't like you after all so very sad about this of course because it you know I thought was such a fun date and being 14 thinking this might be the end of the world right yeah um and then, yeah, about I think I was about 19. So maybe it was about five years later, there was uh, quite a high profile murder here near where I live. Uh, a young eight year old girl was murdered in her home and they, you know, on the hunt, like trying to find what happened, details, everything. And a few days later, there was like a breaking news that it was this name of the boy I went to the movie with. and uh and was quickly arrested and quite quickly tried and found guilty and i believe still in prison wow so you 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 in your email you say like i believe i dodged a bullet that's like that's (laughs) pretty close to a scary person so yeah i mean i have no idea when i met him i would have said he was a normal 15 year old kid really for what i knew i'd who knows what could have happened to him, you know, in those few years, what changed, what went strange or off or Mm, whatever. But yeah. So this, this is your first date. um, And it kind of sets the scene for the, I guess for the later story you shared in your, in your email, Uh, I don't know what the dating scene is like in Saskatchewan, but this (laughs) date you describe later on in your life, is just to me is just terrifying it, it i think it, you said it you're, like maybe it was in your early 20s when this happened um so. yeah probably early mid 20s um and so a little bit before this was actually not kind of before online dating was even a thing so it was actually like real life meeting people oh and you just had to, like a weirdo <laughs> walk up to someone and be like in the olden days um but yeah that was kind of a, a weird one too for sure i had met I was out at again like at a pub or bar with some friends and and uh this this guy came to talk to me chatted seemed you know all right I was single at the time and exchanged phone numbers great maybe go on a date sometime um and I think he called me maybe a few days later to go for a dinner so I said yeah sure I'm free and uh where do you want to go we picked a place and she's like well I'll come pick you up at whatever time and I I was always a little bit on the cautious side anyway. So I was like, no, I'd rather just meet you. I'm like, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I might be out doing errands or whatever, or I'll just make sure I can meet you there. And uh, so we, yeah, picked a place and a time to meet. And I got there on time. 
uh, we, we decided to meet at a lounge part of a restaurant. So, um, I noticed right away. I was like, okay, he just finished a drink and the waitress brought him another one. So I was like, he's been sitting here probably for a little bit. Um, and this guy, he was a, a firefighter. So he worked as a firefighter in Saskatchewan here. And so I sat down and the first thing he said to me was like, I, I brought you a present just for you today. And so I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. And anyway, the present was like a charity firefighter calendar that he was in. And he was like, here you go. I'm October. You'll never forget me now. And it's just a little, it was just odd. Like, I mean, I don't know, such a cliche of like the firefighter, whatever, but okay. Uh, And then, yeah, the day just went on, just not, I just knew I wasn't really feeling it. We really didn't have a lot in common or things we talked about didn't really mesh well or whatever you'd call it. And, um, and yeah, he, he asked if I wanted to go somewhere else for, for some drinks later after dinner. And I just said, well, you know, I worked last night or I'm kind of tired, have some stuff to do probably. So I'll just head home after this. And then, so he said, okay, well, I'm just going to run to the washroom. And then I was sitting there and I'm wait, walking and waiting. And I don't, so I kind of called the waitress over and I was like, did, did you happen to see my, like my friend that was sitting here? And she's like, well, maybe he went outside. Is he, is he a smoker? Cause I'm pretty sure I saw him like leave. And I was like, no, I don't. Okay. And I was like, did the bill get paid? And he's like, she looks and she's like, oh, well actually like he paid his half. Okay. I'll finish the rest of the half and then she's like oh she's like looked at me all kind of sad like oh no did something and I was like no it's fine it's not a problem here's like you know I'll pay the bill and whatever for a and, tip uh, here's a calendar yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny actually <laughs> um and then so I just packed up and like left and I went out to my car and I like just sat in the car closed the door and I was getting ready to start it and my cell phone rang so it's like oh it picked up and I and I answered and I was like, oh, well, you finally realized I left. And so at that point I thought, oh, like he knows I just left too. And I walked to my car. And so it kind of clicked that I'm like, I think he's watched and waited for me to walk out. <sighs> and at that point I realized I have no idea what kind of car he drives. So I don't know where he could possibly be in this parking lot or anything. And so I just said, you know, this I, it just isn't appropriate or something. I said, I, just please don't call me again. And, and so then I was driving, driving around and then the phone kept ringing and like ringing and ringing. And uh, I thought, well, I don't want to go home yet. Cause I don't, not that it would probably be hard for him to figure out where I lived anyway, but I thought I'm just not going to go home right now. Decided to go over to a friend's house, called a friend and went over to her house. And this whole time is just phoning and leaving messages and but the messages ranged from like swearing at me to to like crying and saying that like he fell in love at first sight with me and please forgive him to I don't know if he just continued to drink drink the whole evening it sounded like in a very intoxicated messages and uh, and eventually you know I kind of said you just you can't call me anymore I would you know either look at a restraining order or whatever I'm like you just can't call me I'll go to the police if you keep harassing me and and yeah, that was kind of the end of it. I remembered actually, I did get one call from him maybe a few weeks later and he called and again, kind of this like crying, like, I'm so sorry for what I did. And now I have to tell you that 
my ex-girlfriend is pregnant and we're going to have a baby. And I'm so sorry that things won't work out between you and me now. <laughs> and I just said, best of luck. Goodbye. And didn't think much about it again. I didn't ever hear from him again. And then me and a friend got talking about that evening one time. We we're like, oh, do you remember that weird guy? And I said, I wonder what he really is now. Maybe I can find him, like, see if he's on Facebook or whatever. And uh, we just kind of Googled his name. And there was, like, lots of reports of, of him, like, death threats with a girlfriend. And it was the mother of his child, it said, too. Oh, so my God. This, you know, would have been around the same time if he had a baby not long after, I guess. And, yeah, death threats and stalking charges. And uh, I believe lost his job. And... Yeah, I just thought, oh, yeah, he was, that was a weird first date. Very weird. Both of those situations are crazy, but that's, that's just, that's scary. The idea of him calling as you left, like he would have, there would be no way that he would know other than if he was just sitting out there, like maybe taking enjoyment from seeing you walk away, you know, with him having uh, left you like that. I, I don't. Yeah, that's what I figured. I was like, he, he definitely must have watched me walk out to realize at that moment I had left. So it was a weird feeling, definitely. So. Well, but uh, despite these two encounters with creeps, you ended up safe. So <laughs> I gotta have to say, out of you know, those being definitely weird, odd dating stories, the rest, you know, there's still good people out there for sure. So, but. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, this is a, it's it's another story of someone whose intuition is telling them something's not right in this person. Yeah. Get out of it and protect yourself. And she, uh, she managed to turn like what could have been, like all of these could turn into a nasty story. Yeah. But her trusting her intuition and protecting herself um, makes right it off. a story that we can kind of giggle a little bit about and roll our eyes at but again yeah. it's very close to being trauma with a capital t yeah totally um oh i can't well, believe you got so many messages although uh, i can <laughs> well so many people have said that to me they're just like they're like i like every woman on the planet have <laughs> you know this sort yeah. of thing um it, yeah and it, it is like for me it was eye-opening at how many people wrote to me and how similar the stories were and then also how, as I'm reading the stories, I could just think of like things that I've witnessed happening. Like, for example, the person who's flirting with the young lady working at Tim Hortons. And there's just no reason to be that friendly with someone who serves you coffee for minimum wage. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's kind of taking these interactions you often see. And everybody has walked by someone catcalling or something. And you're just like, oh, you prick. But it's just there are situations where it's taken much further and but it's all kind of part of the same beast so i i think of like what do people need to do to stop it and all i can think of is really like people just need to be respectful of other people and not impose your bs on them and on and the other thing is people need to trust their intuition and look out for yourself because there's no way around it there's a bunch of weirdos out there yeah and like if you have boys like make sure you tell them about you know, what consent looks like and what creepy behavior looks like, you know, we're responsible for raising the next generation of boys to not be little turds who do mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, all of a sudden you're not going to um, erase creeps because there are so many dodgy parents that probably shouldn't have kids. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they parented better, then maybe they wouldn't have these creeps. 
But then yeah. again, it goes back to the nature versus nurture thing. So just basically ignore everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's you need to be uh, like offensive with it in terms of like raise your kid to understand what consent looks like and yeah. respect women or men or, or whatever. But then you also need to be defensive and teach your kids yeah. to trust their intuition, look out for themselves, travel in groups, don't walk home and through a dark yeah. neighborhood from a bar, you know, so you kind of got to cover both bases because yeah. it's like you, you want to not add to the fire by not setting your kids into the world correctly. But then you also want to protect your kids from the fire that's burning regardless exactly and i you know i've got a boy and a girl so it's good times for me you know at least yeah. you only have to know about the one approach <laughs> oh, well, yes <laughs> it's a complicated world um, i know so I'm teaching i know those. but anyway christy i appreciate you talking through this with me um, thank you so much it's been fun kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah it's been it's been gross and fun. <laughs> gross and fun yeah Before I end this, I want to be clear about something. Christy and I kept this light, and we certainly had some laughs along the way, but sexual harassment and stalking is not at all funny. If you're a victim, notify local law enforcement, as it doesn't always work out the way it has in these stories. Our guests were all fortunate to have come out of these experiences largely unscathed. And I plan to do another episode like this in the future, so anyone out there who had a creep encounter you want to share, please let me know. I have my contact information in the episode summary. And with that, I'll end this episode of Nighttime, but before we part, let me send some thanks to those who make the show possible. A huge thanks to everyone who contributed to this episode. It was a pleasure and an honor to meet you and to have your trust in me to share your stories. Also, a big thank you to my partner in crime podcasting, Christy Lee. If you aren't already listening to her show, Canadian True Crime, you're missing out. And a huge thanks to Monty Data, who contributes the music to this show. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. And lastly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, please subscribe to the premium feed. Not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. For about the price of a cup of coffee, you can keep the show alive at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest supporters of the show. Annie, Greg, Keith, and Carl, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas or want to give feedback on the episodes, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact, or you can find me on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and of course, I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.